Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Go to Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to begin there this evening and continue on in our verse by verse, as Rick would say, this eight month series in Philippians. But how many know if you go verse by verse? You know, when I first started preaching, I thought, man, and I had pages and pages of notes. And uh, I thought, how? I got to have a lot of scriptures because what if, you know, the fear is what? You're going to run out of something to say, right? <laughs> what, what was Rick teasing me about on Sunday? At first he said, I let him go 20 minutes, then I pushed him to 30, and now he's a 45-minute preacher. It didn't take long. <laughs> uh, but uh, that was the fear or the concern, and now I've found out that I can actually preach on one verse for a solid hour, even longer. Now, how do you do that? You know, there's only one way, and that's the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. But what happens over time, and this is something that's very important for us to understand, including for, you know, for any age of believer. I don't care where you're at in your spiritual development, if you're, you know, been saved 20 years longer than I have, or... You know, maybe you just got saved or rededicated your life just recently and you haven't been in the Word as much as you probably should or would have uh, think you should, I guess maybe is another way of putting it. But you got to realize this, uh, even if you're reading the Word and maybe mentally you're not getting it, it's spiritual food. So the Scripture is compared to milk, it's compared to meat, um, and so it's compared to uh, uh, feeding your spirit, like natural food to a baby. So babies, you know, little babies, they get hungry. They don't understand what they're eating. They just know it satisfies the hunger. But how many know as they grow, they learn more as they grow about what they're eating to the point where they, can, they start to choose. You know, and it doesn't, how many notice babies, it doesn't take them long. Have you ever fed baby food to your baby or to a baby and they figured out which one is the peaches and which one is the beans? You know? <laughs> so spiritual development's not much different, honestly. I mean, it's really, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, the same in so, in so many ways to where, uh, you know, a pastor or a minister can get up and try and feed the beans and... Mature believers will go, yeah, these are good beans. They know dessert's coming. Immature believers will go, <laughs> that's not tongues, just so you know. <laughs> they, they, they'll spit it out because they, they want to get to the dessert. But the, how many, as you've gotten older, you realize you need the nutritious stuff. Amen? You need the nutritious stuff. The wonderful thing about verse-by-verse -verse teaching and topical teaching, all of these things. But as you feed on the word of God and you're doing your reading and fellowshipping with the Lord, the Bible begins to just, the, the way the Holy Spirit said to me, said it to me years and years ago when I was in my 20s, he said it begins to come together like a coat of many colors. In other words, what takes place is you'll see something in one verse and go, hey, this looks just like this over here in the Gospels. And it begins to come together on all sides. And it is so vital, how many realize this, that when you're working with two-part epoxy, if you only use one part, it never hardens. 
It won't ever harden. And so when it comes to the Word of God, you want to know everything as much as you, you want to be a glutton for the Word, if, if I could use that term. You want to feed on it and feed on it. People say, well, I don't understand it. Well, just read the Gospel of John over and over. And, and when you're reading, don't just say, I don't understand it, but feed and go, Holy Spirit, teach me the way I will understand. How many are thankful you have the author of the book inside you? You know, sometimes people think, well, you got to know he Greek, Hebrew, homebrew. You know, you got to know everything in order to understand the Bible. And that's not true. God actually took some of the most simplistic men in, in Jesus' day and used them to turn the world right side up. I'm talking about can't read and write simple. I'm talking about fishermen. Come on, how many gives it? I'm a painter, you know. Lord, how are you going to use a painter, drywaller, you know. A guy who didn't do well in school. Not because I couldn't, it's because I didn't. <laughs> Just, you know. My mom actually went to see my counselor when I was in high school. She was like, I'm concerned about Sean. Rightfully so. <laughs> and, the, and the counselor, through his years of experience and then talking to me as well, he, he actually said, he told my mom, he said, don't worry about it. Once Sean figures out what he's supposed to do or wants to do, he'll do it. And that was true. Because once I figured it out, actually once revelation came to me about what God wanted me to do, I was hit the ground running. You know what I mean? And go after it. So the word of God is so important. And understanding uh, chapters of the Bible, I, you know, I, this is the first time I've ever done a verse by verse. Um, and I, I actually wondered how long it would take me to get through it. But now I know, you know, <laughs> it takes a while. But verse by verse, as you go through it, it builds. You, you, uh, we talked about this before. You have the context of the whole Bible. Then you have the context of books of the Bible. Then you have the context of chapters with verses in the Bible. And it all plays together. There is one, uh, they, they say this, that, that if you only had one book of the Bible, you should be able to get saved. Isn't that interesting? Because this is Jesus. Now, not physically, you understand what I'm saying. But he is the word made flesh. And if your heart's open, how many realize this? If your heart's open and you're hungry for God, even though there's some patience involved, he will reveal himself to you. The people that say to me, well, God doesn't talk to me. Your heart is hard. That's not true. God is not in heaven going, they hurt me. <laughs> you know, God's not in heaven going, I can't, do you see the things that they've done? I'm not talking to them. He's not even dealing or conversing with us on that level. He's, he, he made up his mind in Christ, I'm going to make it, a, a, oh, I'm going to kick a door open in the spirit for everybody. It doesn't matter who it is, if they'll come submit and believe. Amen. And so if you're open at any level, God will minister to you. The Holy Spirit will actually speak to you and to your heart. And you won't even hear what I say. He'll say something. You know, I've had people come up to me and go, man, in the service you said this and God showed me this. And I'm like, what was it? Tell me again. i got to write it down. 
You know, in other words, the Holy Spirit spoke something to them. I wasn't even aware I said anything. And honestly, I probably didn't. It was just the Holy Spirit ministering to that individual. And so as we're reading the word and studying the word, the Lord will, he'll he'll make it alive. He'll give me illustration. But how many know that even as a group in here, you're all listening individually? Amen? You know, it's why it doesn't matter how big the crowd is. Because you can have 5,000 people in the church and 400 are listening. Especially today. Amen? So, but if everybody engages and listens, the Holy Spirit goes, look at how hungry they are. Let's, let's give them some light that they haven't seen here just quite like this before. And what will take place is as the teaching's going along, all of a sudden something will be said by the Spirit of God, and you can feel it in the room. I felt it on last Sunday when I talked about fasting removes the unbelief. Not the demon, it removes the unbelief. When I t- you could feel it. People go, oh, oh, that makes sense. And what do we say? It's an, people call it an aha moment. Or they say this, I see it. How many have been confused about something before and all of a sudden you went, I see it. But yet nothing was in, it's not like you were seeing it in front of you. What does that mean? Eyes of your heart. Amen. And then you begin to move on that revelation And then manifestation comes. So we are in Philippians chapter 4. And last week we looked at verse uh, number 12, I believe it was. And we're going to move to verse 13 in the chapter today. Uh, We're going to see that our strength in this life to uh, to overcome comes from the Lord. The reason why we need the strength of the Lord to overcome is because in the natural, we do not have the ability to overcome the enemy and his work in this life by ourselves. This is part or parcel. This is a portion of our salvation. Last week we saw out of Philippians chapter 4 verse 12 which says this. Paul said this, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. What Paul was saying, he wasn't addressing uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't trying to direct the people into the will of God as need or uh, 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 want or, uh, over, or abundance or being hungry or being full. That's not what he was talking about. What he's talking about is that no matter the condition or the situation you find you're in, you're, yourself in, your contentment is in Christ. We actually, by the grace of God and the ability of being, uh, of his ability working in us through the new birth experience, actually have the ability to be content no matter the situation that we're in. Now, you have to accept that and walk in that by faith. How many realize this? It doesn't just happen. How many have noticed that the, the promises of God don't just fall on you like ripe cherries off of a tree or ripe apples, amen? It's not like you're just walking along one day and bam, they hit you. You have to cooperate with the Lord in that, operate in faith in those graces, just like you did through salvation in the new birth experience, but begin to fellowship with the Lord in that and say, Lord, you know, I don't understand verse 12. Paul's saying he can be content. Lord, I know this is a prison epistle. He's in prison. I know the Romans weren't nice to him. They weren't known for being nice to Christians. So how was he content? Lord, if he can be content in that, there's got to be enough grace 
grace for me through my relationship with you to be content no matter the circumstances that are going on around me. And that takes faith. How many do this? Are, are you like me? I do this with the Lord. How many know the Lord's not insecure? Okay, so he's not like your uh, spouse or your relative or your neighbor. You say, what do you mean by that? You know, you can say something and it isn't even, you didn't even mean anything by it. And all of a sudden, what do you mean by that? How many know God doesn't do that? So when, if I'm not experiencing something here, I know this was written for me. I know it was given to me because I have enough understanding to know that this is part of the graces of God that have been given to me in Christ Jesus. But I'm also aware enough to, to, to realize that, hey, this is a truth that is here. This is something supplied in the spirit for me, but I'm not experiencing it. So humbly I come before the Lord and I go, Lord, this is what you said right here, but I'm not experiencing it at the level that I desire to show me how to walk in your truth. How many, uh, we, we, we looked at this before, but going back up to verse 8. Finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are tr just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. How many are meditating those things 24-7? I don't get a lot of hands on this. And I wouldn't raise my hand either. But what do I what what is instruct what is the instruction here? So you need to ask yourself the question, is this instruction from God? Is he in heaven going, "See, I'm amazing, aren't I? Look how awesome I am. I instructed you in this, but psh, you'll never you'll never do it." Just to prove that I'm the Almighty and you're the worm. I'm going to set a goal out there that you can never attain to. Now, I'm talking about under the new covenant. No, that's not the nature of my God. The nature of my God is he did not withhold or spare even his own son, but with him also gave me or freely gave me what? All other things. So then what do I need to understand here to be able to walk in that? Now, I'm not saying you won't have to guard your mind because obviously we have an enemy. But how many realize this? The majority of your meditation, according to that scripture, can be on those things. So then I go to the Lord and go, okay, Lord, where do we need to grow? How do we need to grow? I can focus my mind on what I choose. The problem is there's too many Christians running around going, I just can't control my mind. I just can't. I, don't, I just don't know. What, I, my mind goes a million different directions. I want to think on one thing, and here it is, off on something else. And your tongue is hurting you. you if I'm going to line up with what he said, then I've got to put what he said in my sayer. Lord, this is what you said about me, and you didn't relegate it to heaven when I die. I'm going to agree with you. Come on, we talked about this. You can actually live in such peace that just like Peter, the night before he's going to be executed, he's so asleep. It takes an angel to kick you to wake you up. And I'm, I'm not talking about that, uh, uh, um, that uh, uh, Peter was staying in, in a five-star hotel with comfort all around him. Peter was in a jail cell. 
and was probably treated very roughly before he was put there. But yet he's so settled and rested in his relationship with Christ that he's asleep, completely out, to the point that the angel has to go, what in the world? i got to kick this guy to get him up. That's peace. Amen? That's peace. And that's the peace we have available to us, actually been deposited in us by the Spirit of God. Isn't that wonderful? It's powerful. There can be such contentment in Christ that things don't move you. Let's look at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll see this with Paul. Now you have to decide whether Paul was a liar or not. You know, sometimes we, uh, faith people get accused. People of faith get accused of denial. And I've seen that happen. I've seen people say, you know, you know, they think they're in faith. They're believing God for something and they're treating it as if, you know, they, their faith confession is there is no problem, there is no problem, there is no problem. But Jesus didn't say, say there is no mountain. <laughs> See, that was an aha moment right there. <laughs> he didn't say, whoever says to the mountain they see in front of, in front of them, there is no mountain. No, no. He said what? Speak to the mountain, get up, go into the sea, right? He didn't look at the fig tree that he cursed and go, you are not a fig tree, you are not a fig tree, you are not a fig tree. (laughs) He didn't do that. But sometimes people think that's what faith is. That's not what faith is. Faith is a function in the spirit that is, it's it's actually a, a shield, but it's a function in the spirit for spiritual warfare. It's laws in the spirit for spiritual warfare, is what it is. It's a law that operates in the spirit. And the enemy recognizes it and has to fall in line with it. So faith, what faith is, it's not a denial of something. It's recognizing what's there, sometimes acknowledging it, and then commanding it to go according to the covenant that you have with God and the promises that he made to you. In other words, there are two spirits operating in the earth, the Antichrist and Christ. The Antichrist is busily trying to force people into submitting and conforming to to Satan's nature, the spirit of Antichrist, Satan's nature. While on the other hand, the spirit of Christ is busily operating and moving and convincing the body of Christ and those those who are unsaved to be saved, but convincing those in the body of Christ that they are to live outside of the covenant, yield to that covenant, yield to the word of God and the spirit of God, and resist, watch, deny the enemy right into your life. So there is a form of denial, yes, that Christians function in. But I would say it this way because I love to come up with good arguments to turn people's minds back to the Lord. Those that are, are, say, we deny things, believing for good, they are the same ones that deny good, believing for bad. You just don't live in reality. Well, I guess it depends on your definition of reality. 
If all the reality in the earth and in your life is surrounded around what you see, well, yes, but even with that, how many documented miracles are recorded? Acts of God. And I'm not talking about the, you know, hailstorm that blew up your roof. (laughs) Amen? So we need to realize this. Paul was so content and so rested in the Lord That he went through horrible things and yet was rested, was at peace. He had abundance of peace. Hmm. Joy read it at the beginning of the service in Colossians. There are two words combined in the last part of the prayer that she read. Long-suffering with joy. We never associate those in the natural. People are like, long-suffering. Yeah, isn't it great? We got joy. You're suffering. Joy. Joy. I got joy. And people go, you're in denial. I'm in the spirit. People say, oh, you're just putting it on. Well, you put it on when you're with your relatives and act like you like them. (laughs) You didn't see that fist back there, did you? You were too busy watching this hand. (laughs) Don't tell them what you really think. Just Paul says this, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We're a walking testimony. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Does that sound like Paul's living in denial? He's acknowledging what's going on, but what is he saying? I say to the hard-pressed, I will not let you crush me in the name of Jesus. Do you see that? Come on, keep reading with me. We are perplexed, but what? Not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Watch. So that we may just die? No, that the life of Jesus also may be what? In my what? Always caring, that it may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of what? Faith. This is the spirit of faith. Are you ready? Now people sometimes say, I have faith, I have faith. We'll see if you do. The spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I I said something. What is the spirit of faith? I believed and therefore I spoke. What did Paul speak in Philippians 4.12? I've learned the secret of what it means to be content. He declared his faith in the midst of... And and practice the word of God in his faith in the midst of all sorts of circumstances and prove the word of God faithful. Paul proved the word of God faithful in these situations. 
We also believe, it goes on to say, and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will and will pre- uh, present us with you. Verse 15, for all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Verse 16, therefore we do not what? We do not lose heart, even though our outward man is what? Perishing, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. Now, do you know why some people miss out on the blessings of God? The first part of verse 16 tells you. Therefore, we do not what? Why would Paul have to say that? Because he felt like losing heart. What is losing heart? Where do you believe? It's losing faith. So in the midst of terrible circumstances, Paul has to, has to kind of rise up on the inside and, and declare out of his mouth, I will not lose heart. And then in the midst of that, he, he writes to his brothers and sisters in Christ at Corinth and he says, you need to stand up in the middle of what's going on where you're at and, and declare, I will not lose heart. Do you know the Lord will call you a mighty man of valor when you're hiding from your enemy? Come on, how many love the story of Gideon? I love the story of Gideon. The angel, he's seeing the Lord. The angel of the Lord shows up. And he says, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like looking around. (laughs) Who are you talking to? Right? But the Lord is that way. Why? Because he's not looking for you to to, uh, muster up the strength to become what he said. Come on, think about this with me. He uh, he gives you the ability to, to become, to walk in what he said. When God speaks to you, empowerment comes. And sometimes he has to say it like a thousand times. I love you. I love you. I love you. You're loved. You're valuable. I love you. You can do this. I'll give you the strength. You can do this. I love you. I love you. I love you. You're going to make it. Come on, take heart. Take heart. Don't give up. Keep going. Don't quit now. You've come this far. Why go back? I'll take you all the way. And, 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 and you may go, Lord, but yeah, but look how big and stinky the giant is. And he said, just stick with me. We'll take his head off. <laughs> but Lord, all I have is a sling and a rock. But his sword is cursed and your rock is anointed. Amen? Take heart. Don't give up. Now watch verse 17. I love this. People, if, 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 if people come into counseling as a pastor and they want to talk with you and you look at them and you say, for our light affliction. <laughs> you know, they think you're heartless when you say stuff like that. But yet Paul said it. Which is but for a what? Oh no, it's a lifetime. 
Come on. No, no, it's for a moment. People say, are you sure? Yeah. How do you know? It feels like a hundred years, which is a moment. If you do the math, according to the Lord, if, if a day is as a thousand years, you're alive for two hours. Do the math. Go home and do the math. Go home and do the math. Just do the math. Some of you are only alive for an hour and 45 minutes. Some of you got like 15 minutes left. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> it's a light affliction. <laughs> it's but for a what? A moment. But see, this is faith perspective. You can have contentment when you have this kind of perspective. Amen? He said it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I love that. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? Temporary, but the things that are not seen are what? Eternal. Let's go to chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse number 23. Paul says this. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. He's having to deal with these false apostles that are trying to come in and take over the Corinthian church that he started. And they're trying to defame and put Paul in a bad light. He said, watch this. We don't have credentials like this today for ministers. At least not around here. Around here, it's like, you know, I have a PhD in this and a da-da-da-da-da and that and, you know, and all that stuff. And I'm not against any of that. I'm okay with that. But here's what Paul went to to declare he was an apostle of Christ. He said, I am, uh, he said, are they uh, ministers of Christ? He said, I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. Can you say that about you? I've been in deaths often. I have not been in deaths often. I've had some close calls. <laughs> but I have not been in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. So was Paul just extra tough? Or was there grace that he was tapping into? Three times I was beaten with rods. I love this. Once I was stoned. That's not talking about getting high. <laughs> they had drugs back then too. But that's not what that's talking about. How would you like... I was stoned? Paul, you know they aim for the head. <laughs> he said... Three times I was shipwrecked, and we only have a record of one. But it happened to him three times. What if somebody, what if you, <laughs> what if you went down in an airplane and lived? People, yeah, people say, I probably wouldn't fly again, you know, just learn, you know, drive places, you know. You know, in that day, ships were a form of transportation. Paul didn't quit. He didn't go, oh, no, boys, I can't go on this ship. I have bad luck. <laughs> a night and a day I have been in the deep, 
in journeys often in perils of water and perils of robbers. So he's in the water, he's got issues. He's, in, he's around uh, people and he's got robbers and that's an issue in his journeys. He's in, he's in perils of his own countrymen, his own people hate him. He's in perils of the Gentiles, those are the ones he was sent to. In perils in the city, so he covers the city and then he goes out of town and he finds them there too. In perils of the sea and in perils among false brethren. Not only do I have to deal with all these other things that are my actual enemies, now i got to deal with my enemies that pretend to be in the same group as I am. In weariness and toil. How many have ever felt weary? In sleeplessness often. In hunger and thirst. In fastings often. I don't know if that's a forced fast or if that was an actual fast. I'm fasting, Lord. Why? We don't have any food. You know? In cold, and here's one you've never been in, nakedness. That means they took his clothes. They thought it would shut him up. What's Paul's response? Beside the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation? If I must boast, I boast in the things which concern my infirmity, or, or in other words, my weaknesses. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under Eretus, the king, was guarding the city of the Damascenes with a garrison desiring to arrest me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. How many know later they found this letter and went, oh, that's how he got away. And then from then on, when they wanted to arrest preachers, they made sure to what? Guard the windows. And what's Paul's response to all of this? Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I love Paul's response. Verse number uh, 35 says this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? So apparently being naked cannot separate you from the love of Christ. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37, yet in all these things we are what? More than conquerors through him who what? Loved us. For I am persuaded. This is Paul. I love this. You know what I am persuaded says to me? He said, I have faith. I'm a man of conviction. I'm a man of faith. I'm such a man of faith. I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor power nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me, separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Which tells me what? It tells me that Paul does not associate God's love for him based on natural circumstances or natural possessions. He does not evaluate God based on the natural. Paul has settled God's love for him based on Christ. This takes the teeth out of the devil's attacks. In other words... If you think God loves you based on your surrounding circumstances or not, based on how you feel, there needs to be a reevaluation of how you assess whether God loves you or not. Because the ultimate demonstration and the ultimate proof that God loves us is that Jesus died for us.
And so going back to verse 12 in Philippians chapter 4, we see this, what? I've learned the secret. I know the key. I know why I am, I know how and why and, and how to function within contentment in all of my circumstances. And Paul, what would that be? I function in it because I know how much God loves me because of what he did for me in Christ Jesus. To the point that I never evaluate or, or uh, rate God or his love for me or whether he you know, likes me today or not based on what's going on around me or what others do or say about me or what I gain or lose or what I have or don't have. I evaluate my God and his love for me based on what Jesus did and I fellowship with him and that love in the spirit not based or in the natural. Well, if God really loves me, he'd do this. No, 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 nope, nope. You can't even go there. There's no if God really loves me. He loves you and you know it and he proved it because Jesus was given. Now, I know. I get it. This world pushes on us. The enemy is good at spinning a tail. And the thing you have to guard is your what? How did Satan deceive Eve? Think about this. There was one tree they weren't to eat from. How many could they eat from? And Satan convinced Eve that God had somehow was withholding from her and Adam because they couldn't eat from one tree. And you know what that, all that tree was? Therefore, to establish true worship. Say, so what do you mean? It was an act of worship to stay away from that tree and fellowship with the Lord and enjoy all of his other blessings. Come on, how many times has the devil got you so focused on one thing and you had all this other stuff available? You know, the devil will do this. People have, they'll have, you know, like, uh, they'll have something wrong with one of their fingers and they have nine that work fine. But they'll fixate on the one thing instead of thanking God for the nine. I don't say God won't fix the other one. He will. But you understand what I'm saying. Paul was so persuaded, so settled, now, I'm going to say this to you, and I know you'll understand it. We'll stop here. I know we didn't get to verse 13, but this is how we spend nine months in one subject or one book. But I'm flowing with the Holy Ghost on this. Did you get anything? Yeah, it's good, isn't it? The Word of God is good. I'm not saying I'm a good preacher. I'm saying this Word is alive. This is what I love. 
I'll be reading this word. I was reading this word today and fellowship with the Lord on some things. And I'm just, how many have had this happen? And it's like the room disappears. And all of a sudden, I see into the spirit on what God's saying. I mean, just boom. I'll see the Lord. Well, I'm not going to even go there. Okay. So, this is what I want you to get. You're hearing this, it's anointed word, it's coming in, it's ministering to you. You need to take it in and meditate on it until you just you don't just read Paul where Paul says, I will not lose heart. I am persuaded. You don't just read that and go, Yeah, Paul, that's amazing. You read it and you go, I will not lose heart. And you and people say, well, do I have to, am I trying to work this up? No, no, no. Just keep fellowshipping with the Lord and faith is going to come into you and your circumstances can look horrible and all of a sudden you'll stand up in the middle of it and go, I'm convinced neither height nor depth, nor principality nor power, nor things present nor things to come, nor nothing that, nothing is going to stop and prevent my fellowship with the Lord, and the Lord walking me all the way to the end of my life. And you can declare, you, you, and you can do this with the Lord. You can, you can uh, uh, very, very candidly speak to him and say, Lord, this situation, I've done this. I said, Lord, this situation, I hate this. I hate it. But Lord, I know you didn't do it to me. I know this is an attack of the enemy. This is an opportunity for me to use my faith. I wish it wouldn't have happened this way. I wish I wouldn't have said this. I wish I wouldn't have messed up. But we're in the situation we're in. You understand all that. Now, Lord, I know you are faithful. And though a righteous man stumble and fall a few times, seven times, the Lord will what? So, Lord, I just thank you. You're going to lift me up. You're going to help me. You're going to get me where I need to be. Oh, you're going to make things right. You're going to help me walk it. You're going to help me overcome by your grace. Amen? So, don't just hear the word. Hear it and own it. Make it your word. There's a minister uh, that I know about that teaches along a lot of the same lines and even has the titles of his messages are the same as uh, uh, Kenneth Hagin's, which is where I went to Bible college. And uh, I was looking at that one day and, and he actually spoke to it. He said, sometimes people think I'm stealing someone else's message. He said, first of all, it's not their message. You know, like people are like, I got a new revelation. Well, if it ain't in here, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and they, they, we, sometimes we think, you know, like, I'm going to copyright these messages. Copyright what messages? None of us are coming up with anything. It's here. You know, new revelations are called cults. All right, so anyway. <laughs> so anyway, with that, I realize this. You take these verses, even though Paul had a revelation of Christ, it becomes your revelation of Christ, your relationship with Christ. And I don't have to live vicariously through Paul. And you don't have to live vicariously through your minister. Come on. We're not Catholic. 
I don't go to, I don't have to go, you don't have to come to me and then I'll go to the Lord and then, you know, we'll pray to some saint. No, none of that. You can go right into the throne room and go, ta-da, Father, I'm here. And he'll go, come on, sit up here. Let's talk. I'm not saying because you're so amazing. You go, look what, look what the Lord has done. You know, it's that song, you know. Yeah, <laughs> in other words, you go in in the righteousness of Christ. Come on, think about this. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus if you're born again. You can walk right into the, you have better position with God than Michael and Gabriel. <laughs> it's just a matter of engaging that. Knowing him, don't lose heart. Well, I'm too far gone. Nope. No such thing. The only way any person is too far gone is if they reject the Lord. Well, I committed the unpardonable sin. I doubt it. That would mean you reject Christ because God can't pardon that. Well, I wanna, I wa you may say, well, I want to I be right with him. Then, then go talk to him. Go yield yourself. Get, get alone in your house tonight and get on your knees and say, Lord, you know where I'm at. You got my address and my phone number. You know what I've done. You know the thoughts. You know my inner workings. Here you go. And he'll go, all right, let's do this. Well, you don't know how bad I've messed it up. You don't know how powerful the blood is. See, the issue sometimes with people, you know, they think, well, yeah, that guy, you know, the pastor, he's the pastor. Yeah, you see me today. You didn't see me 20, 30 years, or 25 years ago. Yeah, my father-in-law did. And he saw me just redeemed. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you. I've had people say, you don't know what I've done. And then they tell me, and I'm like, yeah, we, you know, we probably did that. <laughs> well, how'd you, be, how'd you get where you are? Did not lose heart. Amen? Don't lose heart. Don't let it go. Keep believing God. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.